0: survivors, it's Angie Atkinson and today we're going to talk about eight mistakes that we all make when it comes to dealing with a narcissist and a breakup and or divorce. All right, let's get started. My name is Angie Atkinson and this channel is all about teaching you what I know to be true. You really can create the life you want. Take number one, we accept the narcissist version of what happened. So, narcissists are famous for gaslighting and making us doubt ourselves and our reality. Even if we have an amicable breakup, which doesn't happen with narcissists very often, they wouldn't bring out the best in us, right? So, we find ourselves wondering, did we ever even know them at all? Well, narcissists um, represent a different person from the get-go. They always behave like there's someone else. So as hard as it is to accept that the person we loved may have been lying to us all along, um, that's something that we all struggle with. We all believe them. And so what I would tell you is remember to go back and revisit what you thought you knew about the narcissist when you got together. And ask yourself, is all that stuff still true? Number two, we allow ourselves to get sucked back in. Uh, Narcissists obviously need a constant supply from the person they choose to be with. And as soon as your relationship happens to end with a narcissist, well, you you become less useful to them. The less useful you are, the worse they treat you. But of course, even when you're still in the relationship, they treat you like shit. (laughs) Pardon my language. And, you know, any and all overtures that they make seem to be based On what they want as opposed to what you need or want yourself. Trust them, don't believe them when they try to suck you back in. Everything they say is probably not the truth. Be aware. Sometimes a narcissist will try to act like they're concerned about you or your kids and they'll use that as a way to try to get back in with you. Don't fall for that one. Alright, number three, like I said, don't get sucked in. So understand that no matter what happens, The narcissist may come back and try to suck you back in with a good old hoovering attempt. Don't allow that to happen to you. It's not worth it. It's not worth it. Don't make that mistake. Especially with Valentine's Day coming up, be especially vigilant. Mistake number four, we don't recognize the patterns fast enough. So realize every narcissist has a pattern and if you look close enough, it usually looks like this. Love bombing, devalue, discard. Love bombing, devalue, discard. And this also, you know, includes usually diversion and everything else. Uh, everything is your fault, blah, blah, blah. The script is the same with many narcissists. Um, it's very difficult to unravel the script, of course. But, and of course this is true, especially if you haven't yet been accused of being high conflict. Um, but you never know. Dismissing accusations accusations of a narcissist will remove their power. So know that. Don't allow them to make you feel like you're less than you are. And if you know for sure that they're full of crap, say so. Unless it means you're going to be physically abused, in which case you need to hurry up and get out anyway. Number five mistake we make with narcissists is expecting that they're going to act normal when we go to court with them. Understand narcissists will do anything to hurt you, especially if you are the one who left them. So realize they're going to be, they've already been lying to you, manipulating you, abusing you, uh, trying to make you feel crazy on purpose, gaslighting you, etc. Uh, so, when you go to court and you tell the truth and you expect the court to believe you, be prepared to back it up with evidence. Narcissists will do anything, including flat out lying, including perjury, including all kinds of stuff, just to win. Know that and don't give them a chance to do it. I've done videos on this recently. Go check those out. If we think that when we leave them or they leave us, the abuse will end. That's not true. Uh, One of the most frustrating things about leaving a narcissist is that they leave us damaged. They leave us as like people we've never been before. And, you know, most abusers will actually bump up the abuse as after the fact, because then they have no reason to even pretend to be nice to you. Uh, This can leave you, of course, feeling incredibly confused and stressed out while the abuser, of course, remains calm because they've vomited all their energy shit on you. Okay, all their negative energy has been vomited onto you. They feel great now. So be careful not to play into that. All right, it's important that you understand that while you're actively abused in the relationship, this can continue after the relationship and it does. Don't expect that it will end all by itself. You're gonna have to take action even if you're not still with the narcissist. Another mistake we make, number seven, is we, we get an attorney who doesn't understand narcissistic abuse when we're going through that divorce, so or, or any court case with a narcissist. So if you're dealing with a narcissist in court, get some help. Find an attorney who knows about narcissistic abuse and is willing to work with you. Uh, if you don't have one, go to join the stand group and ask around. We've got some resources available to us, and everybody knows somebody. Big number eight we make during divorce with narcissists is that we expect the narcissist to be a co-parent. They won't be. They'll either fall off the planet or you'll have to parallel parent with them. So I've done videos on parallel parenting. I'll try to remember to link to that up up top for you, but if not, go search my, my YouTube channel and find those. Okay. Co-parenting with a narcissist, not an easy thing. So those are eight mistakes we've all made or could make when it comes to divorcing a narcissist, dealing with and divorcing a narcissist. Leave your thoughts in the comments below. Let me know what you think. Let me know what you'd add to today's video and uh, let's see if we can help another fellow survivor. All right. Have a wonderful day everybody. I'll see you soon for another video and until then, hugs and love. Thanks for being a part of my day and a part of my life and thanks for letting me be a part of yours. It really does mean a lot to me. It's my mission to teach others what I know to be true. You really can create the life you want. Take care of your body. Take care of your soul. Nurture the real you and introduce him or her to the world. Be comfortable in your own skin and in your place in this world. Take your spot. Take it now and the universe will take its cue from you. You feel me? If so, subscribe to my channel. Let's get it done together. Janine Gartner says, Hello Janine. It's been a year since he served me and still finding out women he has been with for over 28 years of our marriage and it still hurts, how do I make that stop? Oh, I feel for you, Janine, I really do. Um, that's a horrible place to be. That's a horrible thing to find out after 28 years of your life. It's a horrible thing. And I, I don't want you to have to go through that. I don't want anyone to go through that. But, and I get that it hurts and it's gonna hurt, okay? But what you can do, Janine, is, is you can take a moment and let me ask you a question. If you're sitting around and you're feeling sad all the time, is that making your life better in any possible way? I know this is a stupid question. Just bear with me and think about that. Alright. Does it make your life better to accept the pain? Does it make your life better? Okay, we know it doesn't. 28 years is a damn long time, probably most of your adult life. Uh, I would suggest that you set an end date on your mourning. You're going to mourn him you were with him for 28 years and now you've learned that a lot of that has been a lie and that is devastating so what I want you to do is I want you to set an end date on the morning Okay? maybe you want to give yourself a month I would not go more than a month and I know that sounds like a lot but generally even a death which is very similar to what you're going through because in a way the person that you knew since they never existed, they almost died. Does that make any sense? Um, But how to make that stop is to set an end date, and at that end date, I want you to be prepared to focus on yourself. Have yourself a list of things you wanna do that day. Have yourself a list of new goals that you wanna work on that don't include him, things for yourself. See this as, Not a waste of 28 years, but a new beginning in your life a new place that you get to define every single thing that happens from now on and You get to do it freely without being attacked on a regular basis See this as a gift not as a sentence Now you are free now you have choices now You don't have someone standing over your shoulder telling you what you're doing wrong 24 freaking 7 watch 103 Things You no longer have to put up with when you go no contact on my channel Janine I think that will be very helpful for you and make yourself a list just like that. Okay It always helps you to help someone else. It's good karma It's good energy if you do everything that you do in love then love comes back to you It's it's a the law of attraction thing, you know love is the most powerful force in the universe it, it really does and I'm not talking about Necessarily romantic love. I'm talking about a bigger thing a bigger thing like a universal kind of love you feel me So if you can radiate that feeling all the time by focusing on things you're happy about in your life and things You're grateful for your children your dog whatever cats. I really like cats (laughs) Whatever it is you can You can change your life Uh, The more you you do Tell but if you don't have money to help people that's okay, you know, you can help people Feel better about themselves you can help people you know by serving them through your job by whatever it is You know even if you're a checker at you know the grocery store People need to check out their groceries my friend (laughs) you're helping people Any way you help people is positive even just a smile sometimes or a friendly face can make someone's day Let someone pull out in front of you in traffic random acts of kindness Those are great for recovery as well. Have a wonderful day everybody big hugs love. I'll see you guys soon Thank you so much for being here Thank you for being a part of my day and a part of my life. Thank you for letting me be a part of yours. It really means a lot to me. Each and every one of you guys means a lot to me. Thank you so much, thank you. It's my mission to teach others what I know to be true. You really can create the life you want. Take care of your body, take care of your soul, nurture the real you and introduce him or her to the world. Be comfortable in your own skin and in your place in this world. Take your spot, take it now, and the universe will take its cue from you. You feel me? If so, subscribe to my channel. Let's get it done together. Guess what day it is? That's right, self-love Sunday. Let's get started. My name is Angie Atkinson and on this channel, I offer free daily video coaching to help you discover, understand and overcome narcissistic abuse in toxic relationships. That sounds good to you hit that subscribe button and let's get going say your narcissist has left you or you've decided that it's time to go What do you do when you find yourself completely devastated by something in your life? And you don't know what to do, how you're gonna get through the next few minutes. No one escapes a major life change. I know it's painful that you've lost something that you aren't entirely sure you can live without. Whether it's a job, a relationship or something else entirely, there are things that you can and should do after you experience a major loss in your life that causes change. So what should you do? That's what we're talking about today at QueenBeing.com. Let's get started. The first thing you have to do is let go of the blame. Sometimes things just happen. Sometimes no one is to blame and yet it's so easy for our minds to search for the answer. Who's to blame? Too often we blame ourselves, especially as empaths, for making a certain decision that seemed to cause a domino effect in our relationships, right? Or we tell ourselves that maybe if we were better or different somehow, We wouldn't have made whatever mistake it was that caused the person to leave us or maybe we're blaming ourselves for meeting that person in the first place. We tell ourselves if we were different somehow, if we were better, if we were stronger. Blame and judgment serve no purpose. In fact, they really hold us back from moving forward past the pain of being discarded and destroyed by a narcissistic relationship. So the next thing you want to do my friend is be extra gentle with yourself. So once you let go of assigning the blame to people, it's so much easier to be nice to yourself and that means different things to different people, of course. So how can you do this? Well, you might try to take that vacation you've been wanting to take and have been held back by the narcissist on or maybe you want to get a massage or spend some time with someone you care about that makes you feel comfortable or maybe if you're like me, you'd rather spend a little time by yourself sometimes. Sometimes you might sleep most of the weekend or whatever it is, cut yourself some slack right now Be nice to yourself. It's allowed and encouraged, okay. Next up, allow yourself to feel things at least for a while. The last thing we want as human beings and especially as empaths is to feel sad and pain. But doing so is a really important part of our healing process, okay. So find a safe place to do that and do that whether it's at home alone or with someone you trust or even during a yoga class. Pushing away the bad feelings will only intensify how strong they are and how long they last. You've got to let yourself feel them first and then let go of them. I often suggest to people that they take anywhere from a weekend to a month, depending on the length of the relationship and the intensity of the abuse, to let the feelings flow and then choose a date to end the mourning. You know and during that time that you choose to allow yourself to throw things and scream and break things or whatever, however you particularly mourn, then you do what you need to do, you let it all out. But when you're finished, you're finished me. The next thing you can do is ask for help. We often feel ashamed and embarrassed when chaos comes into our lives and narcissists, they're famous for bringing chaos into our lives, aren't they? We look around and we see that not everybody else's life is perfect, but from when we're standing, when we're in a relationship with a narcissist, we're like wow, it sure looks better on that side of the fence, right? Certainly it does. We wonder why we can't have that. The fact is no one's life is perfect ever. We just tend to put our best faces forward. So when you look around on Facebook and you see maybe your narcissist new posting photographs like, oh my god, our life is so fantastic. You know you did the same thing at some point and people don't generally post their drama on Facebook unless They're that sort of person and most empaths aren't. The fact is, it's okay to ask for help from your friends or people who love you, family members. If you feel like you need professional help to deal with the situation, that is exactly what you need and you should absolutely seek someone out for help, whether you're looking for a coach or a therapist. I just did a video the other day on how to find a therapist to help you through narcissistic abuse. So check that out if you need to. There should be no shame in asking for help during this time, even if you need to go to the doctor. When I got divorced, I went to the doctor and I asked for something to help me get over the hump. I was, I was struggling with depression and anxiety and all kinds of stuff. Doctor put me on Prozac for 6 months, it changed my life. It, it allowed me to slow down enough to stop focusing on what I couldn't control. It was exactly what I needed and when I was done with it, I went to the doctor and I said, I think I'm done with it and the doctor took me off carefully and here I am today, very happy and Prozac free. Just remember that there's no problem with asking for help. You're not weak to ask for help, you're strong. Understand? Next up. Only do what's necessary. Now is the time, if you're going through this pain, now is the time to let someone else take over for a while if that's possible. If it's something that you don't have to do or something that doesn't matter to your survival or whatever, step down. Give yourself a minute. If you're on a bunch of committees, give yourself a break from committees. If You're hosting a big party and you don't feel good about it. You know what? It's okay to cancel it even if the invitations have already been sent. You feel me? Just focus on today and what needs to be done and only that. You have the right to be comfortable, calm and happy. That's all I've got for you today on Self Love Sunday. So tell me what you think. What are the first things that you would recommend somebody should do after they've been broken up with by a narcissist or discarded or divorced by a narcissist and what would you add to this list? Share your thoughts. This is the question of the day. The question of the day is, if you're currently going through this, what were the first things you did and what do you wish you had done differently? If you've already been through it, what would you recommend for current people who are currently in this situation, for other survivors, how could you help another survivor? What would you tell your child if your child were in this situation? Let's talk about it and let's get some really good advice going in the comments below for anyone who's going through this right now. Okay, thanks so much for being here. Thanks for being a part of my day and a part of my life and hey, thanks for letting me be a part of yours. It really truly means a lot to me. I'll see you soon. It's my mission to teach others what I know to be true. You really can create the life you want. Take care of your body. Take care of your soul. Nurture the real you and introduce him or her to the world. Be comfortable in your own skin and in your place in this world. Take your spot, take it now and the universe will take its cue from you. You feel me? If so, subscribe to my channel. Let's get it done together. I'm Angie Egginson and this is Psych Hacks. Today on Psych Hacks, we're going to talk about how to spot a manipulator, okay, because the truth is that they're everywhere. Alright let's get started. My name is Angie Atkinson and this channel is all about teaching you what I know to be true. You really can create the life you want. So while psychologists tell us that only about 4% of the population is truly classifiably sociopathological, the. It, that's about 12 million people just in the United States, okay? That's kind of creepy, right? Not to mention if you happen to be uh, doing a job that brings manipulation on, like maybe if you are in law or media or, you know, sales or Hollywood or whatever, politics, hmm, you know, then look, there's a pretty good chance that you probably have met a sociopath or two in your life. And since a lot of the people that watch my channel are here because of narcissists, I think it's safe to say that some of us have met at least one sociopath in our lifetime. Some of us anyway, huh? Alright, so manipulators in general are gonna have a few traits, a few things you can watch for, okay? The first thing is they act like they like you really fast. All right, suddenly they're your BFF. The second thing is, they're like, oh we have so much in common, oh yeah. Third thing, they make it clear to you that hey, I got you, I, you could totally trust me very early in the relationship, maybe in the first conversation. Um, they will give you little hints that they're lying, uh, unless they're super, super good, uh, but there'll be little things. like. Um, they won't look you in the eye or their top lip will kind of shrink up or you know, they'll put their hand over their mouth when they tell the lie, stuff like that. So and then they'll use insults, you know, to get you to react to them. So, <clears throat> you know, for example, early in their relationship, you might have a conversation with them about something important or you know, deep or or you know, confusing or whatever, uh, you know, intricate and, and they will say things to you like, now did, did you keep up with that whole conversation? You know, uh, or they might decide that, um, you know, you're not capable of whatever, balancing your own checkbook early in the relationship and they take it from you even though you're not really connected in that way yet, right? Um, they might also tell you things, uh, like you know, they might kind of give you promises that are like unsolicited, like you didn't ask them to promise you anything, but they'll do it. Like if they are, you know, they come into your office at work and they're telling you a story or something and and then you, they say all of a sudden, okay, I'll be out of your hair in just a minute, just wait one second, I promise I'll be out of your hair, you know, um, that's a sign. They rarely want to hang out with you just to hang out with you, they always have an agenda, there's always a reason, okay, so That's just a few of the things that you can start to look for when you're looking for a manipulator in your life. So how do you deal with it? Same way you deal with any narcissist. You, you gray rock. You keep yourself unemotional. You only say what you have to say. You only say ABC, no, no fillers, no kindnesses, no extra anything. You detach yourself from the conversation. You don't allow yourself to be the subject of the conversation even if you are at that moment the subject and then this is when, you know, you can kind of float outside your head a little bit and kind of watch the conversation like as though you're from afar. Careful with this t- tactic though because sometimes it does lead to um, you know cognitive dissonance later or it leads to feeling like you're not really here all the time, you know what I'm saying? Um, anyway, uh, but if you if you need to use it to get through the tough times, do it. Um, you can make sure that when the conversation is over, or when you're finished being abused in the conversation or manipulated, you don't say, I gotta go, or we should talk later, or anything like that. You just say something like, you know what, this conversation is run its course, I'll see you later, or I gotta go, you know, it's time to go, whatever. Remember that ultimately, in the long run, none of this is gonna matter, and I know that sounds silly, but like if you think about the world as a huge, you know, issue, uh, as a huge time and space continuum and blah blah blah, you know, in the grand scheme of things, it's nothing. I know that doesn't help at all, but hey, there it is. All right, another thing you can do is watch for somebody who asks too many personal questions, okay. So somebody who is not talking about themselves very much um, at the beginning of a relationship is somebody who might be trying to manipulate you because manipulators know that it's hard to talk to, to not talk about yourself if somebody wants to hear about you. It's, it's normal, so if you wanna if you wanna deal with that, you can kinda of flip the script on them and you can as as briefly as possible answer their questions only what you need to tell them, and then ask them a personal question. Turn it back on them, okay? Ask them, you know, hey, how do you feel about, you know, this baseball team, or how do you feel about Trump? Ooh, be careful. How do you feel about politics? How do you feel about anything to get them talking? Because they they won't even know what to do. (laughs) It's kind of an interesting tactic, don't you think? I was kind of fascinated by the whole thing. Um, So another thing you can do is if, if the narcissist, um, you know, remember that if you ask the narcissist to talk about their emotions in any way, um, they're not going to know what to do. It's going to kind of throw a wrench in the whole manipulation. So, you know, they, the person, a manipulator is going to expect you to open up and be a vulnerable person for them. Uh, but when you ask one of those people, you know, a personal question, they'll they'll be reluctant to share the information, at least the truth, and you'll probably be able to tell if they're lying as long as you've rec- recognized by this point that they are in fact a manipulator. Um, so if you want to stop them from doing that, you know, find something about them that is criticizable and do so as politely as you can, casually point out the little flaws. That will kind of distract them from their attempts to manipulate you. So, you know, <laughs> so you can just you know, point something out tiny like, you know, oh, you know, you've got a little, little ketchup on your collar or, you know, oh, your lipstick is smeared a little bit over here or whatever. Something that's going to make them really freak out, you know, and, and something small because, you know, they're, they're, they're bullies, these people and they, they, they want to be kind of the alpha person in the conversation and so if you want to throw them off track, point out something small that they can't, you know, a, a tiny flaw tiny, Uh, you know, oh you know, um, I didn't realize your nose was a little crooked, no wonder it looks so funny when you look at me or something like that, I don't know, you know, oh those pants look a little tight today, that's a terrible thing to do to anybody, but the point is that if you're being manipulated by someone, you point out something tiny, even you know, like say if it's a work person, you could point out something like, you know, oh I noticed you didn't dot your I's and cross your T's on that report, something silly like that, that doesn't really matter, but that just makes them go, wait a minute, because they don't like to have flaws and they certainly don't want you to know they have flaws. You feel me? My nose is so itchy today. Um, so, you know, what what happens then is that you learn that in fact you can't, the narcissist learns that they can't take advantage of you when you treat them that way. A manipulator learns they can't take advantage of you when you react to them that way. So they don't continue to try to manipulate you. You know, another thing you try to do is just talk about whatever stuff, talk about stuff that doesn't matter because they will certainly try to pull strings, no matter what you talk about, they'll, they'll try to control the conversation, they'll try to make you have a reaction. And so no matter what it is, they'll have some, something like if you're talking about, you know, oh, it's raining outside, you know, they'll be like, oh, rainy days, man, it is so rainy, you know what I'm talking about, rainy days are so depressing, oh my god, you know, and, and you know, you might be like, well, I love a rainy day, you know what I'm saying? Uh, you know, look at how gray the sky looks and they might be like the sky isn't gray. This sky's blue. How could you not know? You know, <laughs> whatever. Um, the other thing that really throws them off a manipulator, especially early on is when they come to you and they go Hey Can you do this thing for me or you know, can can I tell you something wrong with yourself or whatever, you know, and you just go no You can yell it and scream it if you want to but no, Hey, have you heard about, no. Could you do, no, <laughs> you know what i say it. Just like, no, they don't even know what to do with that. You can only use that one once or twice though, to be honest with you, the same person. Um, so, yeah. So, you know, the other thing you can do is give them a little bit of attention if you need to because they're somebody you work with or live with or whatever, uh, but only give them the minimal, you know, because the fact is that if if you want to, be happy, and you don't want to be controlled by some narcissist or some manipulator, you don't want to be manipulated, you don't want to be run over by someone or God knows what, you you have to understand that the best way to deal with that is to distract them and cut the pattern, you know, in its place. And that's why if you use those tips that I just shared with you, they they kind of do the pattern interrupt thing and, and the, the, the 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 manipulator is unable to take it to the next level. So. There it is. All right. This has been a slightly longer psych hack. (laughs) Have a wonderful day, everybody. I hope to see you in my next video. Until then, if you haven't subscribed to my channel, please do. As always, I sincerely appreciate that you've been here today. I appreciate that you allow me to be in your life every day and I really appreciate that you're part of my life every day. Have a good one you guys. I'll see you soon. It's my mission to teach others what I know to be true. You really can create the life you want. Take care of your body. Take care of your soul. Nurture the real you and introduce him or her to the world. Be comfortable in your own skin and in your place in this world. Take your spot. Take it now and the universe will take its cue from you. You feel me? If so, subscribe to my channel. Let's get it done together. Hey survivors, it's Angie Atkinson and today at QueenBeing.com, we're gonna answer a frequently asked question and that is, do narcissists always come back? Let's get started. My name is Angie Atkinson and this channel is all about teaching you what I know to be true. You really can create a life. So let me ask you a question. Did you recently split up with a narcissist, whether it was because the narcissist left you for someone else or left you because of some reason or that you left the narcissist and do you think that maybe you're having second thoughts now? If so, this video is for you. So let's talk about it. As convincing as they might appear to be, narcissists are the type who want to suck you back into their toxic Web. Okay, so if you've if you've gone through a breakup, or you have made an effort to split from a narcissist, and you are now being courted again, or you're having second thoughts about whether to leave them for real or not, um, then what you have to recognize is that there are a couple different things in action right now. Okay, what you have going on is number one, the narcissist needs to control. Okay narcissist often has a, a, a significant need to control other people, okay, and then secondly, they, um, in addition to needing to control, they also need supply, okay, and what do I mean by that? Well, narcissistic supplies such as uh, you know, attention, admiration, adoration, uh, general, you know, drama even is, is sufficient for narcissistic supply at times, someone wanting them, someone wishing they had them. They want to feel wanted, needed, desire just like everyone else, but with the narcissist it goes way beyond the unhealthiness, right? Way beyond healthy levels and beyond normal unhealthy levels. So a lot of times when um, the narcissist splits from their primary supply, they will immediately be looking for a secondary, a new supply because they, you know, do all of the, their their emotion vomiting on their primary supply. So if you break up with them or they break up with you, they need to have a backup plan. And so obviously the new supply has no idea that the narcissist will become what they become, just like you didn't know when you met them. And you know, as always they will end up being in the cycle, you know, devalue, discard, uh, you know, love bombing, devalue, discard, love bombing, so on and so forth, but at the beginning of a relationship, of course, they, they have no idea that's real and they have, they believe the narcissist when they say that you're the crazy one. Yeah, so you know, um, what would you say is, you know, if, if you bring a narcissist back into your home, into your life, uh, you know, what you have to understand is that even if they're temporarily doing better, they will almost always revert to their tip, their old ways because their old ways are comfortable and their old ways are truly who they are. So let's talk about some of the reasons that narcissists uh, come back, shall we? All right, number one, narcissists will return again and again as I said to find themselves um, more supply. They, they might have an argument with their new supply or feel that, you know, they're missing something that you do for them. Okay, it's almost never about you personally, although they will say that it is you personally, but if you ever sit a narcissist down and ask them, hey, what do you love about me? You might be interested to know that they will probably tell you that it's more about what you do for them and less about anything else. So it's less about who you are. See what I mean? Okay. Um, And, you know, the other thing to recognize is that a lot of times, um, you know, the narcissist returns because they want to make sure that they still have control over you. They want to make sure that you still pine for them, that you still worry and wonder and wish you were with them and and that you never ever fully are able to move on from the pain that they have caused you, feel me? So, this is hoovering, my friend. So we're going to talk about hoovering really fast and I'm going to give you an example of what that looks like from pop culture. All right, here we go. So just for a little background, okay, uh, the hoovering technique was actually named after the famous vacuum cleaner and it's really one of the most common manipulation tactics employed by abusive toxic narcissists. It's something that they almost all do at some point or another in in most long-term relationships in which they get involved now there are cases where hoovering doesn't happen and that's generally when you are a secondary supply, even if you don't know that, okay. So every now and then a narcissist won't come back and that's usually like I said because you are someone who is a secondary supply as in they're cheating on their real person with you um, and sometimes they'll come back later, sometimes they won't in those situations, depending on how long the situation went on and how involved it got, okay. But in general, here we go. So this is my example. All right. Do you remember the Peanuts cartoon with Charlie Brown and Snoopy and Woodstock and Lucy and all those people? Right. Well, in that time, in in the cartoon, uh, you know, there'd be always this little scene where Lucy would be holding the football for Charlie Brown, and she'd be like, "Okay, come and get it. I'm gonna get it." She's holding it, you know, on the on the ground, so he can run up and kick it. It's time I'm gonna kick that football clear to the moon. Oh! Right? Well, and then, you know, every time he'd run up there and try to kick it, he'd, she'd just shh, pull it out of the way, right? Well then, when he'd fall, there would be Lucy, hey, <laughs> ha, 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 that's so awesome, ha, ha, ha. You know, because she'd smile like there was no tomorrow, acting like she actually enjoyed watching him be in pain. You know, he'd be all oh, good grief, whatever, right? But Charlie Brown did what any kid did, or any kid would do and that is that he would eventually stop trusting her to hold the ball, right? Well, inevitably, Lucy then would promise each time, this time, this time I really, I promise I'll let you kick the ball, I promise this time I'll let you kick the ball, okay? And inevitably she'd pull it away at the last second and then she'd bust out that big smile yet again and and just as he would fall, you know? Hoovering obviously um, is, is something that begins um, after the devalue and the discard phases happen in the relationship, so when the silent treatment stops giving the narcissist pleasure, that's usually when this comes right back into play or when he's ready for the new supply or ready for more of the supply that you've been feeding him all these months or years, you feel me? Him or her, because the narcissist can also be women, let me clarify that. Or It'll start when you've left the narcissist and the narcissist fears that you won't come back. They'll be like wait a minute I haven't talked to you know or heard from so-and-so into, since you know two months ago. Oh my gosh, oh my gosh And then they'll suddenly get in touch and be like hey, don't forget about me. Don't forget about me, you know um, The idea is for the narcissist that That he or she needs to reestablish contact with you in order to get the narcissistic supply that you've been so good at providing all this time. All right, so it's a dangerous tactic because once the narcissist gets his or her foot in the door you're often gonna find yourself being love-bombed and hearing promises of brighter days ahead, but just like poor Charlie Brown, you're bound to fall again. So what are you gonna do about it? Now it's time for the question of the day. All right, the question of the day is have you experienced hoovering before? How did you deal with it? Or if you haven't experienced it yet, are you hoping to experience it soon? What are your thoughts on hoovering? Share your thoughts in the comment section below and tell me what you think. I'm very interested in knowing and um, if you have any questions that you'd like me to talk about in a future video, leave those too, okay? Alright, I'm gonna wrap up for today. I will see you tomorrow for another video. You guys have a wonderful day. As always, thank you for being a part of my day and a part of my life and I'll see you soon. It's my mission to teach others what I know to be true. You really can create the life you want. Take care of your body. Take care of your soul. Nurture the real you and introduce him or her to the world. Be comfortable in your own skin and in your place in this world. Take your spot. Take it now. And the universe will take its cue from you. You feel me? If so, subscribe to my channel. Let's get it done together. Good morning, Survivors, and Happy Tuesday. Today we're going to talk about whether or not the narcissist misses you when you go no contact. And before I forget, I just wanted to let you know, I'll be here today for Talk to Me Tuesday Live, all right? So keep an eye out for that. And that'll be at 1 p.m. today, just so you know, 1 p.m. Central Time. My name is Angie Atkinson, and this channel is all about teaching you what I know to be true. You really can create the life you want. Let's get our coffee, shall we? Feeling a little sneezy today, (laughs) thinking something in the air, hoping it's just that and not something serious. Got the coffee, let's do this. Alright, so we've got our coffee and we're good to go. Now, let's talk about why it is that we even worry about when the narcissist is not with us anymore. What do we miss about them? What is it that makes us care about them at all? Well, we kind of talked about that before. We talked about how our dopamine receptors kind of stop working properly and our neurotransmitters aren't right and everything else and that makes us kind of physically addicted. I'll link to that video for you. Um, But the question of the day is, does the narcissist miss you when you go no contact? And you know, what do you think? Do they or don't they? So what if you're the one to leave the narcissist? Does the narcissist miss you when you leave? And if so, how does that look? Well, yeah, they do, but they miss what you do for them more than they miss you personally. So once you've gone no contact, you know, a lot of times a narcissist becomes angry, resentful, sad, depressed, plays the victim, you know, does the narcissistic injury thing, or they have some sort of mixture of those emotions. And, you know, even once you're completely out of their lives. They'll still put you in this proverbial closet so that they can, you know, supply. So that if they, you know, if they want to try to reconnect with you, they, they can. And that's kind of what we talked about yesterday with the hoovering thing, uh, you know, when narcissists um, try to suck you back in. So, uh, you know, it could be weeks later, days later, months later, years later, you still might be someone who might get hoovered, okay? So yeah, they miss you, but they miss what you do for them more than they miss who you are. Unfortunately, narcissists don't see us as real people. They see us as objects that they can play with. They don't consider how we feel because whether they just don't think we have feelings or they, they think that their feelings are more valid than ours, they don't value our feelings and they don't try to understand them. They just only concern themselves with their own feelings. That's literally what sets them apart from Non-toxic people. <laughs> what does it mean when a narcissist says "I miss you"? It means I miss what you do for me. It means I wish you were here to give me the supply that you previously were giving to me. It means I can't be by myself and I don't have any uh, any personal sense of identity. I need someone else to provide that for me. That's what it means. Does that make sense? A lot of my clients tell me that um, you know they just they struggle so much just to get through this difficult time when they, even if they're the one who, who've left the narcissist, they find themselves feeling like, you know, they've made a mistake, they doubt themselves constantly. They wonder, you know, did I do the right thing? Even those who know for sure that they did because they were physically in danger, still struggle with this issue. So, you know, they're like, has this person really just moved on without me? And why does it seem like their life looks so good? Well, just like always, the narcissist is always concerned about appearances. And while you might, you know, while they're not contacting you, you might see that their life looks amazing on Facebook or whatever. The truth is that it's still the same old life. They're just trying to, you know, include you in the, the group of people that gets to see the false self. That's all it is, okay? So understand that even if they've got a new supply and there's there's Facebook, oh, look at all these beautiful photos of my new supply, blah, blah, blah. It's all an illusion, just like it was for you. And sooner or later, that new supply will be experiencing exactly what you're experiencing or what you did. See, narcissists will never be fully happy because they, you know, it's, it's, they're not really themselves. They're not their true selves. Uh, Their false self is what they show the world and their false self is very fragile, as you know, having dealt with one for so long. So what you can do to win this whole deal is you can take care of yourself in a way that the narcissist can't you can love yourself in a way that the narcissist will never be able to and uh, that'll put you in the winning spot my friend the best thing you can do to win against a narcissist is to go and stay no contact once you've done that don't second guess yourself you did it for a reason if you need to remember why watch my video called 103 things 103 things you no longer have to put up with when you go no contact It'll help you, I promise. You know, when I left my narcissist, I was devastated. I couldn't eat for three weeks. It was terrible. Uh, after a period of time, I got to the point I did take antidepressants for six months under my doctor's care, and that helped me to get through the worst parts of it. Uh, but after that time, I you know, I slowly began to heal. And one day, I realized, and had, had I realized it sooner, my life would have got a lot better a lot faster. I realized one day that... I was being a victim, I was playing the victim, I was allowing myself to be sad and lonely and depressed all the time and I had no time for that, I had a kid, I had to move forward and do what I had to do and it occurred to me that life could get a lot better and so suddenly I felt a lot of freedom uh, in that. I was able to change my perception and turn my life around and I want you to be able to do the same thing, that's why I do these videos every day, All right. So please do me a favor. And love yourself today. Please do me a favor and stop beating yourself up. Please, please take care of yourself. All right? I promise you, you're worth it and it's worth it. All right? Okay, I'm going to close up for now. I'll see you guys later today for another video. Plus, I'll be here live at 1 p.m. to answer your questions. So, be there. And, uh, you know, I'll answer your questions live. All right? I'll see you soon, you guys. Have a wonderful day. As always, thanks for being a part of my day and a part of my life. Thanks for be a part of yours. It truly means a lot to me. It's my mission to teach others what I know to be true. You really can create the life you want. Take care of your body, take care of your soul, nurture the real you and introduce him or her to the world. Be comfortable in your own skin and in your place in this world. Take your spot, take it now, and the universe will take its cue from you. You feel me? If so, subscribe to my channel. Let's get it done together. Hey, survivors, it's Angie, and I'm back for one last video today. I just got off the phone with a client, and we had a conversation that made me think I should talk to you guys about this. So here's the deal. When you are splitting up with a narcissist, um, a lot of us find ourselves feeling really frustrated that we haven't had the last word. And here's what you need to know. The narcissist absolutely loves having the last word. And in fact, it's it's kind of their bread and butter. So today we're going to talk about that really quick. How do we deal with not getting the last word with the narcissist? Or how can we get the last word? Let's talk about it. We all know that there's nothing more annoying than seeing a self-satisfied narcissist. And one of the most... Um, self-satisfied narcissist you'll ever see is one who's just gotten the last word. You know, they then, they know that you've heard everything. You've heard how they're deluded and you've had to just shut your mouth or at least they've said enough hurtful things to you that you shut your mouth anyway. So let's talk about why we feel like retaliating and let's talk about what We get out of it, and let's talk about whether or not the last word is something that can be had when you're dealing with a narcissist. Alright, so you're dealing with a narcissist who's having a little screaming bitch fit, right? I know that sounds horrible, but the narcissist is having a screaming bitch fit. Uh, The narcissist is, you know, throwing verbal temper tantrums, verbal hate, you know, I like to call it spewing hate vomit on you. You know, the narcissist, um plays the victim the narcissist you know never ever stops until he or she gets the last word and so we find ourselves going i just want to say one more thing i just have all these things i want to say oh my god right but we need to stop that because it's really pointless all right here's what happens. I think we, we find ourselves, we're intelligent people. We find ourselves sometimes almost begging these people, you know, to continue to amuse us, you know, because they pull the old, um, you know, biggest fear card. They're like, Oh, well, no one will love you by me. And I'm about to leave your ass. So mm, sucks to be, you. <laughs> you know, and you're left going, what, you know, you find yourself feeling quite upset about all of this. And How often can you say, I'm sorry, please don't do this to me, please this, please that, you know. They enjoy it, they enjoy it, they enjoy it. So why do they do it? Because they love drama. Seriously, they're addicted to it. Remember when we talked the other day about how the, you know, the body produces dopamine under certain circumstances. And when we've been through abuse and neglect and things like that, we don't have the same ability to produce dopamine on our own as we should. Well, the narcissist, um, enjoys drama because he gets or she gets the adrenaline rush followed by the dopamine rush, they're addicted. So imagine you're a light bulb and a narcissist is, you know, a light socket. (laughs) No, that's not right. Let's go the other way. Whatever. You're a thing that can be plugged into the wall and the narcissist, (laughs) let me just start over. I guess I don't really have a very good uh, example to use, so I'm just going to tell you what it is. (laughs) The narcissist essentially plugs into you energetically and sucks you dry. And then you're left with, you know, feeling nothing. Uh, What happens is the the narcissist sucks you dry, gets bored, you know, when you finally have submitted to all of his or her crazy demands. So when we go gray rock, we literally stop offering them that connection and then they're forced to go plug in somewhere else. We tend to react dramatically to dramatic behavior and then the narcissist is getting exactly what he or she wants because, you know, they, even though the energy that we're sending out is negative, they still um, are fed by it. They're fed by negative energy. I think all of us can relate to having wishing we had the last word, right? But the fact is that until we realize that we're just creating more drama for ourselves, we're creating more trouble in our lives, you know, um, we're losing sleep, our self-esteem is suffering. Is it really worth it? You know, this is what I suggest to my clients. If they absolutely insist that they need to have the last word. All right, let me explain that to you. So every now and then I'll have a client who will say to me, oh my God, I just need to say this, I just need to say this. Okay, I had a client today who I spoke to who wrote this beautiful poem, maybe it was yesterday. Anyway, she wrote this beautiful poem and she wanted to send it off to her narcissist because it was a poem that a normal person would really get a charge out of. I got a charge, I was beautiful, really well written, great poet. And, and she said, I just want to send it to this person so badly. And I said, well, all right, look, if you really want to send it, send it. But understand that the one of three things will happen. Number one, you will be completely ignored, and that will drive you insane, because that will just be like you didn't get the last word anyway. Number two, you may experience further abuse from the narcissist of the emotional kind at the very least. And number three, you might get hoovered. And if you get hoovered, then you're going to be stuck again with a narcissist. And even though you might think you want that, you don't want that really. Do you? Ask me, the best way to get get the last word is to go silent, to go quiet, to say nothing, go no contact. Why does that work? Because silence says a lot of things. I'm moving on. I'm done. Not worth my time and energy. I won't engage with you anymore. The door is closed. To be honest with you, silence is the best last word anyway. Say nothing. That's the way to win. But, if you need to send him something, send him a letter, send him an email, send him a text, be prepared for one of those three responses. What were they again? Number one, you get ignored. Number two, you get further abuse. And number three, you get hoovered. None of those are a good option, are they? If you do try to get the last word, this is what the narcissist will hear. I need your validation. still want you. You win. You were right. I'm nothing without you. Don't do that. Don't give anyone like that, someone who disrespects you that way, the ability or the rights to make you feel that way. Don't do that. Go silent. It's the best last word. What do you think? Do you agree with me or am I totally off base here? Leave your thoughts in the comments section below and let's talk about it, shall we? All right. As always, have a wonderful day. And by the way, if you haven't picked up my free ebook yet, uh, it's still out there until Sunday at booksandsyourwrote.com. And I will link to a video up here for you uh, that I just did today that will show you how to get it for free on Kindle if you don't have Kindle. All right? Let's get going. Have a wonderful day, everybody. I'll see you soon. Thanks so much for being here. Thanks for letting me be a part of your day and a part of your life. And thanks for being a part of mine. It means so much to me.